Is that one of the keyboards that has like the, um, where it feels more like a real piano or just like the plastic? Not really. It's pretty much just plastic. Do it's... you have like a preference in that zone as a piano boy? I play so little actual piano that it's it doesn't really matter to me. But if I'm doing like legit piano piano, then uh, then I want weighted keys. But if I'm doing synth stuff, I prefer non-weighted keys. Interesting. Just like it feels so, more. It's not even a feel thing. Uh, for me, it is that I have uh, kind of a long, long-standing RSI, uh, repetitive stress injury problems in my forearms. And the less pressure I need to put on the keys, the happier I am. So it makes it less like a, a real piano, but oh. it is easier to play. And I can go, I can go really light. So that I like a lot about it. That's cool. I shit. I was gonna bring. I got that cool little synth, and I wanted to bring it because I wanted to just oh, like watch you that. play with it. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I keep pulling it out, and I'm like, well, I don't know how any of this works, but I can make it sound like John Carpenter a little bit. <laughs> I had so many of those little, like the little two octave, maybe three octave, like the 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 switches that you kind of just go from yeah. electric organ to piano to, yeah. to all that you get stuff. to like the little violin and it's like oh this is exactly like twin peaks <laughs> when i was 10 that was my jam i just i love those things i believe have you been playing piano your whole life since i was five wow. yeah i started well no sorry that's not that's not quite right uh since i was six i think i started in first grade that sounds about right first or yeah this five, five is too young but it was definitely six was that like uh your parents uh getting you on that horse kind of deal Yes. So they, they wanted uh, both me and my sister to start music lessons when we were, you know, early, early elementary school. And I really lucked out because in our tiny town in New Jersey, Pompton Lakes, there was this like, he was actually a Juilliard graduate uh, pianist. His name was Alfred Roberts. And he, he taught piano in, in Pompton Lakes and Wayne and in that kind of area. Uh, and he wasn't the first piano teacher I had, but within a, a couple of years of starting, I then started taking lessons with him. And he was like, he was, he was just a, a totally sweet, wonderful man, a really excellent piano player. And like, he was just everything about this guy just radiated togetherness and calm and kindness. And, uh, he, when we would do the piano recitals. Uh, he would always play at the end and he'd do some like insane Chopin piece. And he was, it was just a, a wonderful guy. I've, I've tried to look him up online. I have no idea. You know, when you're that old, I took lessons with him through high school. Wow. I couldn't tell you how old he was because, you know, when you're everybody kind of looks like the same age, sort of like once you're past the age of like 22, I guess you look at anybody under the age of 30 and you're like, oh, it's a baby. Yeah, that's exactly right. And like he very plausibly could have been younger than me when I started taking piano lessons. Like younger than me now. Right. I'm 44 now. Like when I started taking piano lessons with him, uh, I don't think he's dead. I don't. I haven't seen any obituaries. But wait. So you mentioned that you have a sister. I didn't know that you had siblings. Yes, I have a sister who's two and a half years younger. Yeah, she's awesome. She uh, has been a nonprofit like her whole life. She's just a really funny, wonderful, smart, kind person. I don't know why, but I thought you were an only child. I have that vibe. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And I think I've, I've gotten the reverse where everybody assumes that I have siblings, but I'm an only child. You are an only child. Yes. 
I guess I was going to talk about it later on in the pod, but before we started recording. I like that you're already saying pod. Yeah. Like a professional you, podcaster. You got to call it the would. pod. You We're know, on the pod. It's like, oh, this is really, I have to go see a sinus doctor at the end of the month and I can't wait to go in and feel like the biggest assholes. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I can't breathe through my nose and it's really making things difficult for my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very LA thing to say. Yeah. The, I, I'm, the, the shame will just wash over me but at the every time i'm not speaking on this pot i'm leaning to the side like huffing into my jacket so deviated septums don't recommend them oh my dad had one and it sucks yeah it's very bad i uh i i realized that it is not normal to not be able to breathe out of your nose most of the time that's right you have two places in your face you're supposed to be breathing out of and your nose is definitely one of them yeah yeah, the nose. You, you gotta have it. Um, I'm currently wearing a Breathe Right nasal strip because that's been my like fashion accessory slash I need it. <laughs> well, we were talking about the, at the last one, we took a break uh, with Jory to go get lunch. And I pointed out to you that you were walking outside with a Breathe, breathe Right strip on your nose. Not to imply anything negative, but certainly, as I said, I've been married for a long time and I've gotten, you should have told me enough times that rather than chance it, I will always say something about like, are you aware this is a choice you're making right now? <laughs> While at the same time, not wanting to denigrate it. Right, of course. And I think I, I appreciated it and was like, oh, no, this is what I've been rolling with. Also, I'm wearing a sweater that has skeletons boning on it. So like, you know one I of those things is like a yeah. larger issue. <laughs> and I keep forgetting that I'm wearing That's my favorite sweater. It's my most comfortable one. Have people ever said anything? No, not yet. <laughs> And I'm just waiting because like when I bought it, I thought it was only I thought the pattern was only on the front. And then when I got it, I realized it was also in the back. So it's like, oh, there's no hiding <laughs> there's this no shame. Out. Yeah. And like, I'm just waiting for the day that a child <laughs> looks at my sweater. What's that? Yeah. Skeletons I, hugging. Yeah. They're just wrestling. They're wrestling. Have you seen the one? It's probably based on that, like the beach art of the, <clears throat> the skeletons fucking that says love never dies on it. It's like something you'd buy. Like airbrushed mm. on a tank top at a yeah. yes, place that exactly. sells boogie boards. Yep, like on on the beach, it sells all that like kind of misogynist and homophobic T-shirt stuff. Uh, the I'm with stupid kind of uh, brand of. Let's t-shirts. bring that back. But yeah, I've absolutely seen those. I actually um, own the worst object that I own aside from that sweater. <laughs> the worst. The objective. You have worst to keep object. like a ranking going. Yes, of course. Right. I mean like when you you value like the renter's insurance of your apartment, there's a special segment where you gotta be like, these are the worst objects that I own and they are the most dear to me, thus worth more money. Mm-hmm. But um a dear friend who shall remain nameless gifted <laughs> me an ashtray that's of uh, a skeleton just really going at it with a lady and you, like a, a fleshed lady. Yes, a fleshed lady. And then you put, he's got a cape on, nothing else. And you put out the cigarette in the top of his skull. And then, you know, there's like a regular ashtray. Oh my God. On it. But there's like panties and like a bra laying around. And the lady's like. Wait, wait, wait. How big is this? It's, this is great for an audio medium, but it's, it's, it's large. So that's the size of a very large grapefruit, I would say. <laughs> interesting comparison i get yeah like one of those big asian grapefruits you know what i'm talking about i think that's what they're called that's the first thing i thought of when you did that (laughs) with your hands i waved my hands in a general direction well no you did you just did it again asian grapefruit asian grapefruit yes that's right (laughs) um yeah it's a terrible ashtray and then i always forget that it's at my place and then people come over and i'm like i i'm uh i'm sorry 
at least she's enjoying it. Like she's, you know, she the the woman seems into it. It seems very consensual. Can we post a picture of this on our Instagram? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Does um, it violate Instagram rules? Is it that explicit? Yeah. Okay, so that's a no. We can censor it. We'll censor it. How about that? We'll post a censored picture of Let's get, dude, let's get our Instagram account taken down. That's you know what? Yes. I'm very, it has I think maybe 3 followers. <laughs> We've done a great it's, job of promoting it. It's at, we should, it's at Layton <laughs> underscore night, which is different than our Twitter, which is mm. at Layton night. So, and I think it has one picture up there right now. Yes, that is from our show that was in, in March or September. September. <laughs> yeah. Great. Delightful. Um, you know, one thing that when you said the pod, one thing that reminded me of is uh, the, I think the first time I ever heard people regularly call it the pod was... Do you listen to Las Culturistas? No, I don't, but I've heard you recommend it several I times. I love it so much. Uh, they're on a slight hiatus right now. It's Matt Rogers and Bo and Yang, uh, just two super, super funny uh, comics. And I, I love their show so much. And, and they, I think they've, they've probably been going for two or three years now, uh, but they always refer to the pod. And that was the first time in listening to their show I've ever heard people regularly say the pod. Matt always talks about the pod. It's, it's a great it's a great show. if you guys don't listen to Las Culturistas you got to do it it's the best is that like a start from the beginning or just kind of pick one and go no you can pick one and go okay. there's uh yeah there I don't even know how far in they are probably a couple hundred at this point um but they yeah just pick one and go they interview a lot of interesting comedy and musical theater and you know New York based people usually mm-hmm. uh but it's great it's a it's a really fun show okay I think the thing that I was attempting to bring up and then called it the pod, and then we had a big sidebar, was I mentioned that I've been really into Oingo Boingo lately. Oh, yeah. And yes. so we should just, right out the gates, let's let's get into it and potentially... Uh, listeners, sweet dear listeners, I hope you are familiar with Oingo Boingo, the 80s new wave band that's like ska punk by Danny Elfman, one of the most prolific and talented composers, composers of our time. If you uh, watched... You know, Nightmare Before Christmas as a little child. That's Jack Skellington's singing voice. And also he did all the music for that. And literally every every fucking movie and show for the past 30 years. Yeah, he's done everything. I mean, the ones that I loved, I've, I've been a huge Boingo fan since like basically late college and then onward. Uh, the, the Elfman scores I really love are Beetlejuice, which is amazing, and yeah. Batman which is another great one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that that late 80s era stuff is when I mean, I, he really started taking off and it just blows my mind every time. The the Batman one is like he did the collab with Susie and the Banshees for Face to Face. Like I didn't know about this. What a meeting of the minds. Wow. It's so good. That early Boingo stuff is so, it's so aggressively weird. Yes, know? and I like the aggressively weird stuff so much better. I mean, it's basically an art rock band. Yeah, well, because it beginning. started as like the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, which was sort of like the musical theater, like jazzy kind of. Right. Uh, have you seen the video where it's um, Danny Elfman dressed as the devil uh, doing yes. St. James Infirmary uh, Blues? And I he's just like fucking seen this video. tearing it up on the trombone. Yeah. Woo! That's, what what a man. Yeah, that, that um, all that Boingo stuff is great, and I was, uh, I was I started to say to you before, but then I stopped myself so we could say it now. Uh, they have a basically uh, Elfman, more or less, or the band I should say, stopped in I think ninety five, and they have a yeah they have a farewell show which I think is ninety five, but I could maybe it is ninety four uh, from the Universal Amphitheater, and it is one of the best live concert 
uh, albums that I've ever heard. It's the thing that got me into Boingo. It's a lot harder edge, like a, a lot more distortion and stuff like that uh, yeah. than on a typical Boingo album. But it's also like their live stuff. I mean, part half the appeal for me is like the energy is like oh. so unique and so high. And yeah. Danny Elfman is such a crazy good performer. But like, I really appreciate for musicians who do like kind of a vastly different take of a song live in a way that actually like still sounds great. Yes, totally. I appre- That's exactly what this yes, album is. Yes, I appreciate yeah. that so much. Yeah. And all those, like he, I know he, I, I don't know if he still does, but at least for a long time he was working with Steve Bartek, who's another Buengo guy that did a lot of the orchestrations for his film scores. Uh, yeah, I, I just, okay. So I have to ask, favorite Buengo song? And you can kind of divide it into like early Boingo and late Boingo. I guess I, I'm I'm not as this is a relatively recent thing for me, so I I don't think I can go as far into the delineation. I will say, <laughs> the one that has been stuck in my head the most is the very problematic one. Okay, which is <laughs> Little Girls. That that is a very it's a great song. And... It's a song that he wrote to be an edge lord, and it's like horrible but it is the catchiest song in the world it's a great song which has a deeply troubling message which is exactly what he intended i can only imagine yep and yes it is problematic is a is an understatement yes i think with this i i love to drive around la with my windows down just jeweling aggressively to that song and be like ah this is not where I wanted to end up in my life i think a lot of stuff on only a lad including only a lad yeah. is like that's not a good message <laughs> none like, of it, it is it's it, like no. hey let's go to a dead man's party leave your body and soul at the door <laughs> yeah but that's kind of the point but the music is so 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 great it's so like tightly composed question mark like it's yes and another thing i really love about boingo one thing that as a composer is, is like at least in pop uh or is Oingo boingo pop i don't know rock let's say can be hard to do is write in non 4-4 time signatures in a way that doesn't sound forced yeah and i think boingo they really you know they'll throw in a measure of three or something like that yeah it's like the scott influence like totally I, I despite having written just like probably hundreds of words of ska jokes into dream daddy i'm not a big ska person i like kind of go out of my way to not listen to ska because i really like you know 70s punk stuff and like sometimes you get on those radio stations they're like mm, you want to listen to some ska and i'm like no <laughs> boingo is like you know, it's not pure ska, but like when those horns come out and we're in three, four time, like let's let's it, party. It's it's great. Uh, the the horn writing is so so good. Uh, yeah. in Boingo, Every, everything they do. Maybe maybe um, one of my polls of favorites is uh, "No One Lives Forever." That's, that's a great. That's one. a very like yeah. horny. It's a horny ska one. I really like. There's later Boingo stuff, um, and they have the their last. I think it's their last album. Uh, which is just called Boingo. They have some really beautiful songs, which are kind of with string arrangements and stuff. There's one in particular called Mary, which they do on this live album, which is a really gorgeous song about a, a woman that's kind of trying to find her place in, in the world. And it's, it, I haven't, I, I haven't listened to the lyrics carefully in a long time, but when I was actually probably roughly your age, I can't believe I just said something that said when I was your age. But, you know, about 20 years ago, this song meant a lot to me as a wow. as a person. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of those um, very, I mean, because I, I feel like you're familiar, just existing in the 21st century, you're familiar with Danny Elfman. But then like when you really dig into 
his oeuvre and like the level of work that he's done and how much of it has been just like crazy influential crazy good like going from being just a weird fucking high energy front man to like one of the most talented composed like yeah love it amazing yeah also he's hot fight me oh wow that you know what i think that might actually be a literal hot take it is a hot i mean well okay (laughs) not now but you get some peak like 85 boingo he's dressed as satan and he's got black lipstick on come on (laughs) i I love a sweaty bug-eyed man just screaming (laughs) you know what i i think i've never heard anyone call danny elfman hot before and i love it I'll I'll, put, I'll I'll draw a line in the sand. That's me. That's, That's who you. I am. That's you. Right. I was actually, I was. This will come up again later. I was hanging out with Vernon last night, and I was going to show him uh, something on my phone. <laughs> um, and I, I think I was pulling up. Um, you're not familiar with the Caroline Calloway stuff, are you? No. Oh my God, this is a story for another time. And okay. I even in saying that name, I can hear like listeners audibly groaning. Different story for another time. Very fascinating. What a train wreck case study of just a, a person being themselves this is not interesting anyway no i i was looking at the volume levels <laughs> i was not looking away from you okay um so i was just pulling up something on my phone and like vernon looked over just in time to catch me minimizing whatever my open chrome tab was which was me searching google images for danny elfman hot <laughs> <laughs> hold on i have to search hold on oh, i'm gonna God. search right now on my phone Danny Elfman hot. You're going to see. Let's see. There, there's an image that I found that really upset me that I'm going to show to you. And then I guess we'll probably have to put a link to uh, in the thing. Okay. Now, we're just going to become a Danny Elfman stan account. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be at right, Daddy this, this Elfman. Is, I think this is from Back to School, isn't it? Yeah, look at him. Have yeah. you seen Back to School? No, I have not. The Rodney Dangerfield movie from the mid-80s where Oingo Boingo performs live at oh a college party. Okay, so this is another digression. Watch Back to School. I'm okay. sure it has some, as do all 80s comedy, deeply problematic things in it, but it's awesome it has a, actually elfman did the score for it as well oh, that and it's sense. got it's kind of this like very brassy it, it sounds unlike uh most other elfman scores at least from that period interesting and it's uh boingo shows up along with kurt vonnegut uh oh okay yeah and uh who's the guy burt young who played Polly in rocky wow uh, all stars yeah th- i'll show this, you th- you think th- is this hot Maybe not like that hair. I don't know. It's like this is a picture of Danny Elfman with like bright orange hair, which he had for a lot of yeah. I mean, it's it's like a selective thing. It's also like pictures. You got to have the video. You know, there are some people who are not like picture hot, but they're you like vi- movement hot. Okay. Yes. I I, I would say Tim that, Curry. Tim Curry. Yeah. I think is a great example. They they of have this. the vibe. I would say that like a Timothy Chalamet. I think is you see him in a picture and he's handsome and I did not get it for a long time. And then mm-hmm. I saw Little Women and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get why if everybody's you, tripping over themselves about this dude. You would love there's a Tim Curry song from God, I don't know when late 70s, probably called I Do the Rock, which is if you want to see movement hot, look up Tim Curry. I do the rock. <laughs> and it is the, movement. hot. It is great. OK, listeners, please send us people who you think are uh picture hot but not movement hot or movement hot but not picture hot i'm more interested personally in 
in the not picture hot but movement, movement hot. hot that's what i want to see now i'm like very i hit us with an email late night at gmail.com i'm so curious about this we will talk about it you know that we'll talk about it on the next one my pick for that top pick is tim curry your pick is danny elfman is that right yeah maybe not my top pick though because i would say that most people i'm attracted to are not picture hot but movement hot hmm that's interesting. Oh, uh, I will. We should stop talking about Danny Elfman because that will be the rest of the podcast. But I will <laughs> say that one of the first things that came up when I searched Danny Elfman hot was, you ready for this? Yes, let me see it. What is the <laughs> fuck is that? Hold on. <laughs> this is... Brian, describe what you see because I think you describing it will be very different from me describing it. All right. This is a picture of... Is that Danny Elfman? Mm-hmm. I didn't even recognize his face at first. He's in jeans and black shoes and a black t-shirt holding up a very yellowed top of a skull with two rainbow devil horns and would look they basically look like an instagram filter uh and some black hair and he's in what looks like something from a Junet and caro film uh apartment wise so what brian just described to us is an image of like slightly older Danny Elfman edited to look like Gamzy from Homestuck. <laughs> yeah, these are, you just used a few words that I don't know. I exactly. thought you were about to say Homestar Runner and then I, I was wish. confused. Yeah, but... no, you know, the famous 2000s, you know, the the the, the odyssey of the internet, Homestuck. It's, uh, anyway, I guess we'll post this image somewhere. It's really distressing for me to look at and now it's saved on my phone. So I think I'm on a list somewhere. All right, so if you look at our Instagram, we're going to post hot Danny Elfman pics, right? Uh, what else do we say? That pic- that picture in particular. The really not hot one. The really not hot one. We will also, and we're going to, I think, save this for a mini episode. A lot of you sent pets to us that we're going to name. So we're not going to do that right now, but in the mini episode, we will do that. Yeah. And uh, th- was there something else we were supposed to post? I guess we'll listen to this and find out. Ooh. Do you, ooh, yeah, little, do you hear little that? little crunch there. Sorry about the audio quality here, everybody. I don't also, know thank you for letting us know that the last episode was quiet. We're still figuring it out. Yes. If you have any podcast production tips, please please let us know because we're, you know, Hit we're, us up. we're newbies at this. Also, before we move on, Brian, can you just, for the audience, say the word Homestuck? Homestuck. Excellent. Wait, hold on. Homestuck. Great. So I think this is the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just ASMR, me saying individual words. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't wait to get homestuck tweets. Uh, so do we want to um, talk about stuff that isn't <laughs> esoteric <laughs> 80s like... new wave? <laughs> no, but I will. All right, so we just took a little break, and we're back, and I think we're going to dive into some emails, right? Yeah, so we asked on Twitter for y'all to send us uh, some questions asking for advice on family matters. Yep, and we said the pettier and the more trivial, the better. Like, that's the that's the kind of stuff we feel qualified is too strong a word, but more qualified to talk about than more serious issues. We recognize that a lot of people out there are going through some pretty hard shit, 
and we have all the sympathy in the world about that, but we're reluctant to give advice on it because we're not mental health professionals. We can't even be like, trusted to give advice on the petty stuff. So, yes. you know, we we see you. We love you. Please take care of yourselves. Yes, please, and, and, please, please. You know, make sure you have a good support system and reach out to the people in your life. And, uh, you know, Brian, uh, if you want to plug... Yeah, so the if one source, there are many ways of getting counseling. Uh, if you're in uh, a moment of crisis, an organization that I like is Crisis Text Line. You can text, uh, at least in the U.S., and I think there's some other, I think they're in Canada, U.K., other things as well. The number will be different in other countries, but look at crisistextline.org uh, for other info. But at least in the U.S., if you text 741741, text anything, you get free anonymous crisis counseling. Uh, it's not a substitute for regular mental health therapy um, or you know medication if you need it, a million other things. But if you're going through something right now and you just need someone to talk to uh, or not talk, need someone to communicate with about what you're going through, I really, really do recommend Crisis Text Line. They're not paying us to say this. They're not a sponsor. They're just a wonderful nonprofit that uh, I like a lot. So, yeah, and that I've yeah. used in the past and has been very useful and uh if you are, aside from that, if you are able to afford it or have the resources to do it, I recommend therapy to literally every human everybody. that exists. Yep. Whether everybody, or not everybody, you, everybody. Yeah, whether you think you have issues or you're like, oh, I'm normal or I don't need one. Yeah, you do. <laughs> There's no such thing as a human being without issues. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're really, I, I know so many people who have been really resistant towards the idea for a long time, maybe having like an early experience that was less than positive, or I've especially heard a lot of people have like, an early experience with like a religious counselor, yes. which is like not what a therapist is, and that kind of puts them off it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we were talking about how please only send us minor disputes, and this turned into please go to therapy. Yeah, which is, but they're both true. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, so let's read uh, the topic this week was family. And we got so many great questions. Yes, thank uh, you so much for emailing us. It is very exciting to just be sitting around at home and get the little pings of like, ooh, what's, what's the story? So our first question is from Lucas. How do I get my mother to completely stop making weird sexual comments about her and my dad at the dinner table? <laughs> I'm not laughing. Neither of us can laugh. Yes, I, I recognize this is a real difficult situation. Please continue. For example, once about a year ago, right after dinner, while we were sitting on our porch, my dad said he hadn't gone to church in a while. My mom replied by lifting her legs above her head, slapping her ass and saying, you have all the church you need right here. Please help me with this. Well, okay. Do you, do you want to start with this one? Lucas, I don't see the problem. Your, ma your mom sounds cool as hell. Your mom rules. <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, you know, as a parent, uh, granted, I have a young child, so it's a very different situation. But uh, I do, you know what? I love the vibe. I also agree that it is inappropriate to be doing this in front oh, of a, uh, one's kids. The less like, look, I, I understand that this is not everybody's taste. From my experience, the less I knew about my parents' sex life, the happier I was. I admitted the logical possibility that they had sex twice for me and my sister. Anything beyond that, I am uninterested and indeed unwilling to it's it's Copter. like Schrodinger's parents having sex. Like they're both simultaneously doing it and not. And it's yes. not until you catch them. Yeah. And now I, I admit, you know, there are obviously lots of ways of being out there in the world. And some people are like, yeah, my parents fuck. It's awesome. They have a great sex life. <laughs> 
one person is like, okay. hey, my parents are totally boning. <laughs> but you know what? That's true. Like, as, as human beings, we all want to have good, fulfilling sex lives. It is great when, you know, you, you, in a sense, it is great when you know that your parents are happy in that regard. That being said, I cannot imagine being in this situation that Lucas describes where your mom's basically like, hey, check out my vagina. Like, that's. <laughs> I mean, I got to say, I respect the flexibility of just being able to toss them up for bit purposes. Well, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Legs like, above the head is, is a non-trivial thing. Incredible. So I also, Lucas didn't say how old he is. And so this is another thing where like, if you're a teenager, that's the worst thing that's ever oh happened God. to him. That, that is like, you just want to be out of that house. Yeah, right? Right. exactly. It's, but if you're in your 20s or, you know, kind of adult, basically, that's a different situation. Then it's like, come the fuck on. Yeah. Do we need to start asking people how old they are in these emails? You know what? I wouldn't mind if people do it when you're writing us emails. If you put your age just to get a sense of, you know what? It's not so much age, although that's part of it. But I want to really know what the power dynamic is. It's, it's like a contextualizing right? of the situation because we definitely got some emails that I would have loved to answer, but they just don't really have like some very important information in them. That's right. So if you, you know, if you were living in your parents house if you're a teenager i don't think we're we're not getting emails from fucking nine-year-olds or something but if you're i'm sure Who, there's to say right that's right uh uh but i'm sure there are plenty in fact we know there are plenty of people in there in you know uh, teenagers i was gonna say plenty of teens but that sounds uncool you can't say teens can't say teens the youths uh, the youths the youths uh, are they're emailing us and that I think it's important for us to know when we're giving advice are you living at home with your parents do they have financial control of you that sort of stuff in this case I'm gonna assume Lucas is maybe like late teens early 20s if I had to, to guess yeah the question was how do you get your mom to stop doing that I think you know it, it doesn't say here uh, if you've said anything to her but I yeah. would a hundred percent say you know, like this is pull her aside. Don't don't do a public thing and say, look, this really makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. My guess is that she would just be like, hell, yeah, it does. <laughs> and then be, think that's awesome. But uh, I think at the very least, you need to have a possibly difficult conversation. With yeah. Her. And I, I think asking her to respect your boundaries as much as I'm sure she wants you to respect hers, because I mean, I'm it sure it doesn't sound like she has any boundaries from this email. God bless her. Um, but boundaries <laughs> are very important. And I think, you know, I imagine your mom probably wouldn't be super stoked to hear about your sex life all the time, especially when, you know, if you have a partner, like if you're just talking about sex with your partner in front of them, like that's kind of flipping the switch a little bit. Like, I, I get the feeling you're or your mom might be super into it. I yes, don't know. It's very hard to tell. But I would say have a conversation with her where you just explicitly tell her. I don't want to hear it. And then failing that, like it is your power, even no matter how old you are, if shit like that starts happening, leave the room, go into a different place. Just be like, I'm out. Now, some parents would, you know, basically goad you with this then and try to keep doing inappropriate stuff. Hard to say which side your your parents are going to be on. But, you know, you, you always have the power in this case to remove yourself from this situation. It's not a threatening situation. You're clearly in no danger from this. It's just deeply uncool and you don't like it. So yeah. get out of there. Leave the room. Yeah. And you also, as long as you keep the um, kind of conversation on the side of like, when you do this, it makes me feel uncomfortable instead of just 
stop doing this or like you 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 it's you always want the like i statements statements, yes which feels so cliche but yeah it's true it's a real thing yeah i feel uncomfortable and then if your mother still doesn't respect that that's a much much more more difficult situation because you can only you know you can only force people to do so much yeah and if they're not going to respect your boundaries and your wishes that turns into a very different conversation yeah all right, let's say, go. Say, hold on. No, no, yes, please. <laughs> say hi to your mom for us. She yeah. sounds cool. Also, give her my number. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's see. Uh, the, <laughs> all right, this, this one we got to do. Uh, this is from uh, Rhiannon, which I think is how you pronounce that name. This is, this is, this is my favorite. My father is getting close to retiring and has found a hobby. The hobby is making, quote, dark ambient, unquote, music, or what he calls drone music. This is not my favorite genre, but it's my dad, so I support him. Until he began to hold concerts for his music. This was kind of weird, but not too weird, until he got involved with the local nudist ballet artist, and they have since collaborated on a concert with his music and her dancing. How do I support my dad through this strange, nude, and auditorially upsetting stage of his life. And should we give the the name of his Let's we'll get to it. Okay. First of all, Rhiannon, I, I don't see a problem here. No, this also sounds awesome. Like y- y- if it was your dad getting nude, that would be a different situation. Yeah. But if it look, uh, you know, one of the one of the divine rights of fathers is to impose their bad musical tastes on their offspring. Yeah, I am a happy participant in this all the time. And the fact that he's composing ambient music and putting on concerts, it, it's pretty rad. He's like a retirement yeah. age guy and he's discovered this new maybe to him genre of music yeah and he's gotten it to a point where not only is he writing it he's putting on public performances and they sound kind of weird and arty yeah i you know what you don't have to go first of all but i it's i'm kind of on his side on this one because it sounds cool yeah so here's the thing um rannon very kindly included her father's you know performing name so we could look him up on soundcloud and i did a little bit of homework last night and i did some listening to um we might as well say what the the uh, tv glitter uh and it's like a capital l in glitter uh on soundcloud most of the tracks are an hour or long more I was just kind of chilling to it last night. Um, I was hanging out with Vernon doing a horror night, as we do. Um, and we, I got the email while we were doing that, and I was like, all right, I got to check this out. We start playing it over the speakers. It's very mellow, like, yeah, it, true, it, it, truly. It better be. Yeah, right? true, like, drone ambient. To the point that we started watching a movie, which is on Amazon Prime, and I highly recommend. It's called Be My Cat, a film for Anne. It's a Romanian, no-budget, found-footage horror movie about a guy who is making... I thought you were about to say it's a Romanian dick comedy. A Romanian... <laughs> Fuck. Um, but it's a found-footage horror movie that's pretty much just, like, one guy. Um, he's, like, trying to make a movie to send to Anne Hathaway to convince her to star in a movie that he's making. It's a fantastic wow. found footage movie. Like the dude wrote, directed, production design, acted like everything. And he his performance, he just tears it up. Incredible. Like it's a super disturbing and it does so much with so little. 
Anyway, at a certain point in the movie, I was getting really mad because I was like, why would they put this soundtrack over this? Like, it, it breaks the digesis of the thing. Like, it would be so much better without the music. And then we realized that we were listening to Rhiannon's dad's music the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a testament to it that we were like, you know what? This is really dope. It just doesn't work for this movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so I haven't listened to this yet. Okay. I'm going to listen to it right is, now. Is there a way for us to listen to it without it getting picked up by the mics? Because I would love for us to do a live reaction to it. Uh, uh, not with the level of technology that I currently understand. Okay. So, no. All right. So, I'm so gonna, we're going to take a... I'm going to go off and I'm going to listen to this just for a little bit. We'll be right back. Okay. Hey everybody, Brian here just to say that the music you're listening to is not by TV Clutter, it's by me. We just didn't want to use his music without permission. So, enjoy some dark ambient music from me. Okay, I'm back. I have listened to several tracks by TV Glitter on SoundCloud. And I am a changed man. I legit love these. I think they're awesome. I would assume... Now, we just did a few minutes. Uh, I would imagine to really get into the vibe here, you got to go whole hog on this and listen to the whole thing. Yeah, it's almost like you need um, like a naked ballerina. Just kind of groove, <laughs> gro- exactly groove into right. it. <laughs> uh, I I love this music. So follow, guys, follow TV Glitter on SoundCloud. Listen to the tracks. They're really, really good. They have but, great names. Uh, do you have it pulled up still? What the Grain Church is super good. The um, uh, let me let me find it. All right. So here here are some of the names. Yeah, Grain Church, Aeolian, which is the name of a uh, one of the classical modes of music, basically mm. a minor scale. Uh, Polyoc, I think is how you pronounce that. Pantheon, uh, Modern Architect. M dash M dot four in Roman numerals. These are great. TV it's, glitter, amazing. Yes, I I'm a big. I really like dark ambient. Um, and if you remember Mr. Joey Griffiths from our previous episode, he's also a big fan of dark ambient. We both like um, Tim Hecker. I really like William Basinski. Like, you know, just some slow, slow dark stuff. And yeah. that that really like hits the mark for me. It's very good. I wonder, I really wonder what this guy's musical background is. Like, I'm curious, is he... especially if you're saying that if you named a song after like a classical mode of like minor scale stuff, that's really interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, I, so the, but the Rihanna's question was, how do I support my dad during this, during this thing? Look, the, first of all, I don't think you need to go to every show. No. I think if you listen to the music and give him a little bit of feedback, that should be enough. Like you, you, you know, you don't have to indulge other people's weird hobbies. Like that, that's not uh, a requirement. No, if especially if the hobby is listen to an hour plus of yeah, this drone track. Like, come on. I mean, that, that it's great that he's doing it, but anyone, you know, when you pass someone like a two or three minute song, it's that's a hard enough ask to be like, hey, check this out. Yeah. And let me know what you think. Uh, for music where you have to listen to it for at least thirty minutes to like 
get the vibe. Yeah. That's a that's a big haul. Well, and as a voyeuristic outsider who really likes dark ambient, I'm like, oh hell yeah! But when when it's your dad, that's a different situation. And especially there's the weirdness of like, why is my dad doing music for this naked lady who's dancing? Like, yeah, you don't have to be all in for it. You don't have to be 100% comfortable with it. Like, you love your dad. He loves you. I'm sure like you supporting him even in the smallest way of just saying like, hey, I listened to your new thing. It was really cool. Yeah. Or asking him about it. I think. You know that that's uh, that's sufficient. And, or you know what? Not necessarily advocating this. You could also lie. You could just be like, "Yeah, I checked it out. I really liked it." That's you know, if you really there, there's a, there's a version of this where you actually can't stand listening to this music and you just hate it so much and it upsets you or triggers something, whatever. If you can't listen to it, it's okay to be like, "You know what? I checked it out and I really liked it." and then move on. Or you can be like, I checked it out. It's not really my my wheelhouse, but I love also that you're true. doing it and it's yeah. like technically really impressive. Yeah, totally true. Which, it, you know, it, it like I, I have a pretty low bar for music I hate, which is most, that's a little unfair, but it's actually true. I'll just own it. Most music I hear, I'm like, nope, not what, for what, me. Okay, sidebar, what's a big thing that you like that really bothers you? I think it's important to say, not for me instead of bad because yes. i do not want to put a value judgment on other people's music even though well sorry i desperately want to put a value judgment <laughs> on other people's music but you know sometimes it's very hard to discern artistic intent and if there's things that sound like they're badly produced it is entirely possible that that is part of what the person was going for maybe not but i what I wouldn't want to do is say this sucks because maybe it's like not my favorite, but it might be exactly what that person is going for. And also, yeah, there's a lot of music that I've come around to that I didn't used to like and now I like. So I don't want to put judgments on things rather than just say, I think the most precise thing I can say is it's not for me right now. That's I like adding the right now on it. I um I it is really frustrating that media discussions always come around to like either this thing is objectively good or objectively bad, and I need you to be on my side when it's yes. like media exists to be subjective. Everyone's experience with media is completely experiential and unique. Arguing about like oh well I think the latest Star Wars is objectively shit. Like it, who cares? Who cares? Like, it, that's a. It probably. Opinion. I didn't see it. I it probably is. I don't you know. know. What? I, I didn't see it either, and I'm shocked that I didn't. I, I just. Uh, it was busy during December, and I haven't gotten around to it yet. But I was. I, I was like yeah. an editing Wikipedia and rewatching the movies three times a day kind of Star Wars freak as a child. I. I don't you know. You edited Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Give me. It's like we need child. to. We need to. What name one article you edited? Just one, please. The thing about it is that it is all, I could not tell you shit about Star Wars anymore. I was so intensely into it and it fell out of the back of my brain. And I just, I haven't watched, I think I watched maybe one of it. I don't know which one it was. I don't know the characters' names. Like, I. It's all like Dave and Jeff. And, yeah, and Harriet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I remember Wikipedia used to have a great article on Sarlax throughout the known galaxy. And then I think they uh, cut it down when they, they did that whole thing where they removed the extended universe 
right? Really? I, th- I think because that's what that's what like was this? always so interesting to me because I never really got into any of the extended universe stuff. So Wikipedia was like the place for me to be like, oh, okay, so this book said this and this and this. And I this. believe, and I know people listening to this will know more about this than I do. I believe there was a massive movement probably 10 or so years ago to declare all of the uh, extended universe non-canon. But I don't really remember what that decision was and I'm probably saying it wrong. Oh, and you know people fight about whether it is actually still kind oh, of Oh, do you canon think? Do you think maybe people fight about whether or not a Star Wars thing? People happened? fighting about things being canon in fiction? I've been on the verge of tweeting. Do you think they made in The Mandalorian? Do you think they made the child a 50-year-old baby? So that Star Wars fans would have something to relate to. <laughs> and I haven't done it because it feels very negative and kind of punching downy. But, oh, I want to tweet it so bad. Now and now said, I said now it out loud. said it on the podcast. Yeah. It's, it's but late. the other thing is I don't really believe it. I just think it's a joke. But uh, yeah. I think people might take that seriously. Uh, I mean, that's how it is with Twitter. I mean, it's the thing that you're talking about again with intent. Everybody always wants to assume intent. And on Twitter, it's exclusively in bad faith. Nobody's ever that's like... That's right. Totally out of context. Like, yeah. Nobody's ever like, oh, they. I, I get what they're saying. I don't think that they meant it like that. God, no. No. Hit, no, hit them with that quote retweet. How dare you say that about 50-year-old babies? Yeah. <sighs> anyway, Rhiannon, I'd say enjoy your dad stuff as much as you can. Yeah. If you want to be honest with them, be honest. If you don't want to be honest, don't be honest. But uh, I think it actually is important that you support him at least in as much as you recognize that he's doing that, acknowledge it, and then, you know, and and then the, move on. And the fact that you're even asking how you can support him, you're a good daughter. That's exactly right. Yes, that's a really good point. Yes, totally. Yeah, give your dad a hug for us and tell him to keep it up. We want to hear more of his stuff. This next email comes from Noodle. I've made it evident to... First of all... Awesome. Yeah, excellent. Very excellent. Great name. I've made it evident to a few of my cousins on my mother's side that I don't want my abusive mother at my wedding. They're all judging me saying that I should get over it and that it's been years. But it's my day and my wedding and I don't want to be anxious over her the entire day. She makes everything about herself and I know she will be going around begging for attention from my guests. Should I put my foot down and potentially have to remove her from the scene if she finds out where the wedding is and shows up? Or should I let it slide so half of my family members don't scold me at my own wedding? Oof. Noodle, I have strong feelings about this. All right, I'm go for it. You, if your mother wanted the privilege of being at your wedding, she should have done the work to not be shitty to you. She doesn't. She lost that right. It's gone. And any cousin who thinks that she should be let in just because she's your mother is full of shit. Yeah, I hundred hundred percent agree. No is a full sentence. She does not have to be there. My hardline advice is: you find a trusted family friend or member of the family who can be your bouncer. Get somebody whose job it is to be like, if you see her, you get her out. Tell her exactly what's going to happen. If she shows up, you are getting that person to get them out. And if she does not leave, you are calling the cops. Like, full stop. Don't put up with that shit. If anybody wants to complain about it, they can go home too. Like, fuck it. It's your day. You're getting married. Fucking congratulations. It should be all about you. It shouldn't be about your mom being selfish. And it definitely shouldn't be cousins being selfish about, you know, your mom, but also being selfish about themselves. Like, they weren't there for the things that your mom did to you. Like, nobody else knows what that's like except for you. Like, fuck that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It is it is your day. I what was? Let me look at the exact wording. But it's my day and my wedding. Yes, 100% agree exactly. with that. You get to make up the rules. And, you know, there is, 
it might cause some strife in the family if you don't invite certain people, especially your mom. But, you know, it like that then it becomes a question of how much you're willing to put up with dealing with your family. But I I would one hundred percent lean on the side of don't invite this person. Yeah, it's it's boundaries and like with family members who suck, you have to set the boundary and you have to maintain that boundary because if you let them continue to trample on it, it's going to keep happening. That's right. And that sucks. But, you know, especially growing up in an abusive household, you learn that you shouldn't have boundaries or that you're not allowed to have them or that it's bad to have them. And that's so far from the truth because boundaries are essential. And getting married is stressful enough on its own. Do you really want to spend all day freaking out because you're watching your mom? Like, especially with really narcissistic, like abusive parents like that. I'm assuming the narcissism thing just because it's very common for, you know, what yeah, probably they're describing. Yeah. But, you know, they're going to take a thing that is about you and make it about themselves because they cannot stand it not being about themselves. Like, I see no way in which your mother comes to this and is normal about it. Yeah. If she gets turned away, her fucking problem. She can go cry about it. It's not your problem. Get married, eat cake, dance, have fun, kiss your uh, your new spouse. Like, hell yeah, enjoy it. Wedding's your day. You get to control it. Yeah, have don't, fun. Don't give in to assholes. Mazel tov. All right. Hey, friends, call me Huey. Hi, Huey. Hi, Huey. My family is about to go to Disney World together for the first time ever. My family has never done anything like this before. We're predominantly poor, so a trip to Disney World from central Ohio sounds a little nutty. Some of us haven't even been on a plane. I'm a little weary that my family literally won't know how to act at a family place like Disney World. We're all a little crass. Any ideas on how to help my family do something so wildly out of their comfort zone? Well... So what I would say about this is one of the amazing things about Disney is it attracts literally everybody. <laughs> so this is not no matter, you know, unless they're making like gross, sexual, whatever, racist, you know, just horrible. Unless they're like actively saying horrible stuff. That, that's, of course, one thing. But if they are just kind of being sort of loud and brash. That's Disney World, baby. Yeah, that's, like, that's exactly what Disney World that's, is. That's what's there's tons of people there that are there, and I would imagine exactly that the kind of situation you're in where they don't have a lot of money, like they this is the first time it's been saving up for it, big family vacation. Uh, there are a lot of people in this situation, and people are going to have a good time. So it it can be embarrassing, I'm sure, to be around that if you don't want to participate in that. But also one of the amazing things about Disney World is it's really big. So just go and do something else. It's really big. Like, it's and really I, fun. I guarantee you every person who works there has seen everything. Everything. Every people, single thing. People are like dying there all the time, Straight I'm sure. Up. People, right? you know, try to sneak in ashes and spread them. People try to have sex on the rides. Like... Your, your family is probably fine. I mean, yes. there are two people who go there with their whole family. I mean, what could be more embarrassing than like you see the family where it's day five of the vacation. They have four toddlers. All of them are oh. complaining. And the dad is just like end of his rope. Like, we're spending $9,000 on this trip. So you better eat that ice cream cone and stop fighting and get in the line. Because my marriage is falling apart because of this trip to Disney. So you get that dad energy in a lot of different places. Oh, yeah. I've had that dad energy <laughs> at Disneyland. It's like, a, you're going to have fun, damn it. It's like, you know, we spent this whole day just to come down here, and now you're having a tantrum on the ground because we won't get you a third ice cream. <laughs> Believe me, reader, I've been there. It's not fun, but you know what? 
everyone's going through it like 4 or 5 p.m. That's fucking meltdown time at Disney. And there are going to be a lot of three and four year olds on the ground sobbing. And that's just life. Yeah. So unless your entire family is solely three and four year olds, I think you're going to be fine. I will caution that if your family is kind of crass, which is, you know, same. um, When you go to Disney, if you swear really loud, they will kick you out. I think you get... I don't even think you get like one warning. They just straight up kick you out. Um, I didn't have to learn this the hard way, but I almost did. Um, As I've said many times, uh, you know, when Vern and I came up with the idea for Dream Daddy, we were at Disneyland and we were like, oh, let's go about the hot dads of Disneyland. And I was like, oh, what have we made a video? I'm so sick of telling the story. It's a great story and I never want to tell it again. Have you told it many times? (sighs) Every single interview. I mean, it's like, where did the idea for Dream Daddy come from? Isn't that out of nowhere? I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, anyway, so we were there and Vernon would not stop saying fuck full volume. And I was like, Vernon, you have to keep your fucking voice down there. Children, they're going to kick us out. I'm not getting kicked out of Disneyland right now. Um, and then just, and not to be outdone, we were talking about the goth dad in the game, who I think the original inception was us, you know, talking about how like, oh, he wants to be goth to be like his son. And so, and we literally had like their names day one, son's name is Lucian. And so Vernon at full volume in Disneyland was going, Lucian, Lucian, I've lost my son. And I was like, Vernon, of all the things in the world you could be screaming at Disneyland right now, can you please not scream about how you've lost your son? I'm going to murder you. Oh, Vernon. If they're too crass, you do get, uh, you run the risk of getting kicked out. Yeah. But if they're just kind of loud and having a good time, you know, if you can hang with that, great. If not go somewhere else there's lots of rides to to go check out i don't know exactly how old you are but if you're old enough to you know i remember going on rides by myself at disney when i was like 10 or something i would assume you're at least a teenager there's plenty of places you can go and just avoid your family while they continue to be loud yeah and as for being on planes for the first time it can be a little scary or you don't really know the etiquette but again that's like everybody else on planes or at disney are doing their own thing and they're too busy doing their own thing to pay attention to you. Yeah. That's always going to be my advice of like everyone else is too wrapped up in their own shit to do give to, to give too much of a fuck. Just behave, do your own thing. Don't worry about what other people think about you too much. Not that saying that makes the feeling go away, but if you can at least start doing the cognitive behavioral therapy of accepting the thought of like nobody cares. It's yeah. fine. Just do whatever. Like you will eventually start to feel that. Again, go to therapy. It's good. My my first plane ride was Disney, for sure. From Jersey really? going down to Florida for Disney World. And I think probably for My first one was mm, Disney too. Yeah, for I would imagine that's true for a lot of kids. Yeah. Um I remember I remember I don't know why I remember this. We flew on Delta and I got a hot dog on the you know, on the plane. Oh, the I idea of eating on a so, plane. Oh, dude. It was so exciting to get that plain dog. Oh, yum. That sounds like a nightmare. But as a child, eating a hot dog on a plane is you're, you're living the high life. I, I was very stoked to um, bring a bag and play my Nintendo DS on the plane. Oh, my. I remember yeah. uh, my parents saying the basically the, the, the sound the plane makes when it's breaking, when it's landing. They were like, and that's the lion in the plane. And it's roaring. And it's going to go roar. Wow. And then for many years, you know, probably up until I was a teenager, every time we flew, which was not a frequent thing, but anytime we were on a plane, at, you know, as we were landing and the lion would go off, everyone in our family would go, Roar, there's a lion. That's the cutest shit I've ever heard yeah. in my life. Well, that's me, baby. Um, anyway, yeah. Who's, what was this person's name? Uh, Huey? This was Huey, yes. Huey, 
I hope you and your family have a fucking blast yeah. at Disney World. It I rules. Hope, it's actually great. Yeah, I hope it goes way better than you think it will. I wouldn't worry too much. You be responsible for yourself and just have a great time. Get some little beignets. You go in that haunted mansion. Oh, haunted mansion. To this the day, best. the best. And uh, Halloween haunted mansion, where they make it Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, is the ultimate best. Yes, it's incredible. I got to do that recently. I had... um. I, uh, there was a guy I was seeing before I moved to Los Angeles. And when he found out I was moving to Los Angeles, he was like, oh, I'll come visit you. He was not interested in maintaining this as a thing. And I was a fool. Anyway, he flew out and slept <laughs> on my couch. And me being a, a real smooth operator, I was mm. like, okay, I'm going to put a blindfold on you and I'm going to drive us somewhere to do an activity for a day. Mm. And then I drove him to Disneyland and this was like right before Christmas. And I was like, I'm bankrolling a trip to Disneyland, motherfucker. And he was like, cool yeah um it was the most underwhelming thing in the world but he didn't even care no he didn't he was not into it what? um and so yeah we ended up like leaving super early even though it's like you, you piece of shit i just dropped like 250 he didn't even say thank you I, I think he did but anyway we got to do the nightmare before christmas haunted mansion thing and that was like the high point of it and the rest of it was me being like you know because you go in and during christmas if you go in as sort of like a couple they do the like, let's take pictures of you in front of the tree. And right, it was right, like right. them, the, him being like, oh, oh, you love her. Like smile, like pick her up. And I have all pick these. Pick her like, up? They literally have pictures of like him picking me up. And um, oh, God. Yeah, that, that was. Sounds... And then, of course, the moment he went home, I never heard from him again. Pick her up. Come on. Well, actually, you know, I didn't not never hear from him again. Months later, I got the classic boilerplate that I always get from men, which is the like, you're the coolest girl I've ever met. I fucked everything up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> well, congratulations. Hats off, gentlemen. <laughs> Huey, have fun. <laughs> Don't pick anybody up. Uh, and as a general advice to any other people, un unlucky and love people out there, you're not alone. And if a guy, if you bankroll a trip to Disneyland and the guy's not into it, it's not happening. You know what? I did a lot of stupid shit. Not stupid. That's the wrong word. I did a lot of, I made a lot of bad romantic decisions in my 20s. Yeah. And it all worked out. So yeah. it, it, it can happen the, for you too. The, the 20s is the time where you just, you just fuck up real bad a lot. You have to. And, like, you, and you acknowledge how stupid you're being and how stupid the other people are being, and that doesn't make it hurt any less. That, that's absolutely true. Because yeah. that's just being mm. a person, The 20s are your time to make, in retrospect, dumb romantic decisions. And some people nail it right out of the gate, and they get married when they're like 25, and hey, congratulations, have fun. Yeah. Uh, for me, it took basically until I was 30 to figure out what the fuck I was doing in terms of dating. Yeah. Thank you, everybody who sent us emails. And I'm sorry if we didn't get to yours. Everybody who we did get to genuinely hope we helped or were at least entertaining or at least we're not uh, actively making the situation worse. Yes. So, you know, I really hope that your situations go great. And if you have updates for us, please email us. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. If, if we gave you advice and it didn't work or did work or just the situation changed or whatever, you just want to let us know what's going Send us another email. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, totally. Um, so we're going to now move on to, uh, we don't have a name for this segment, but we're going to recommend some pop culture stuff. Uh, yeah. Which is I, just stuff we love. I think it, did, it's- Did we have a name for it? No, we didn't. I think I <laughs> floated tell and tell, like show and tell, but that's so lame. It's not even worth tossing. That means it's probably good. 
tell and tell. <laughs> tell and tell. Uh, but I, I think one of the great things about having a podcast now is that I just get to force my tastes on everybody. Yes, exactly. Which is very exciting. That's, that's the whole reason I'm doing this. That's just what I, yeah, fuck you, Brian. I'm just gonna, <laughs> hey, you guys, you like fucked up horror? You want to watch an uncomfortable movie? Watch Happiness by Todd Salons. That's not my recommendation, and it, it's not a horror movie, but. It's an emotional horror movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's such a perfect way to put it. Now emotional we're, Now horror. I guess we're talking about happiness. Hi, guys. Me again. <laughs> well, why don't you start with your your thing. I guess this is my I don't want to I had another one that I was going to recommend but um anyway Todd Salon's Happiness is one of the most uncomfortable movies you'll ever watch in your life. Again, not streaming, but again, if you're wink wink resourceful, you can find it. Mm-hmm. Or you can be like me and buy the DVD. Uh Philip Seymour Hoffman top of his game, Lara Flynn Boyle uh from Twin Peaks. Gone, I feel like that was the Twin first Peaks. Philip Seymour Hoffman movie I saw. <laughs> What a way to go out the gate with yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's what it was. Spoiler alert, guys. Philip Seymour Hoffman um, comes on a wall and then uses the come to put a postcard up. <laughs> and that's not even close to the worst thing that happens in that movie. Uh, getting back to a topic from earlier, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hot or movement hot? I've heard plenty of people say, that guy's hot and I cannot see it. I think just hot, yeah. Just hot, okay. Yeah. It, it, it's partially movement. It's It's like a... No, he's just hot. I'm, okay, okay I'm, fair enough. I, I stand with it. Not in that movie. No, no. But no one's hot in that movie. Nobody is hot in that movie. Um, but yeah, I, I really recommend Happiness. It's just you feel like shit. John Lovitz, like the fir- the opening scene with John Lovitz. So yeah, incredible. Anyway, that's not my recommendation. Okay. I actually, yeah, I kind of don't recommend that movie to anybody, even though it's one of my favorites. Um, Don't watch with your parents. Don't watch with anyone that you have a strong relationship with. Just watch it alone and cry um, and cringe out of your skin. Watch it alone and cry. The ultimate laden advice. (laughs) No, the ultimate laden advice is eat 40 milligrams of edibles and watch it alone with your dog using a box of Girl Scout cookies as a feed bag. That's the laden experience. My recommendation is um, a little show called 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I've heard a lot of people say this is good, but I've never seen it. It's, I'm not a big reality TV person. No, me neither. And, you know, it was in Aaron and Susie's the other night and we just started watching it. What a wonderful train wreck. Like, totally fake. So what's the deal? It's... The deal, it's about okay. the K-1 visa process, okay. which is, you know, you get, you know, you have your fiance come over to the country, you have 90 days to get married, and if you don't get married before the 90 days is over, they have to go back home. We should review all the different visa types on the show. <laughs> you know, just say what, what the pros and cons are, give mm-hmm. direct immigration as, advice. As two native, like, Americans. That's right, who've never had to deal with this year. Yeah. yeah, we're very qualified. Yeah. Um, anyway, K-1 visa. Yeah, it's, what a disaster. It, just every single character is making the worst decisions possible, and everyone in their lives are like, "What the fuck are you doing? Excuse me, why you've known this? You've met, you've spent three days in person with this person, and you're going to marry them now?" Um, my favorite. If you're going to start with the season, I'm going to say season four because it has my favorite quote unquote character. <laughs> Her name's Anfisa, and she Anfisa or A N F I S A. Okay, she's. I love her because she's the most lawful, evil reality TV character I've seen because she's so upfront about being a gold digger and that mm-hmm. that's all she wants. Like, she's very just like, I wouldn't be with you if I didn't have, the, if you didn't have money. Like, she's wow. so evil. She openly eye rolls at him and she's clearly like doing a character. Mm-hmm. 
but the the best part of it is that uh she has a lifestyle youtube channel now that's like fitness uh fitness and diet advice and she's a professional bodybuilder which feels like a complete like 180 from the show i don't know it's it's just really entertaining trash wow and what season are they on now i have no idea i've only watched four and i'm halfway through two okay but it's been on a while all right so 90 day fiance yep all right, so my my pick is the 1981 Algero adult contemporary slash smooth jazz album Breaking Away. <laughs> okay. And I love this album so much. It is pure cornball cheese with the best production values and amazing playing. I'm going to read uh, my favorite track is the opening track called Closer to Your Love. Uh, you might you might have heard the, the big single from it was We're in This Love Together. Uh, most of the track, there's another track that's just called Our Love. Uh, he also does a vocal version of Blue Rondo a la Turk, which is a, it's a famous Brubeck song from Time Out that goes and he puts words to that and beautiful it is so much fun uh yeah so I just played a little for Layton I don't think we can use it use the clip here but it's just it's so fun and well done uh is an amazing singer uh he died a a few years ago now but he was just a really he kind of crushed that whole it's sort it's jazz e and there's clearly pro jazz players playing it but it's got a bit of a pop sensibility yeah you're you're grooving really produ- it's very yeah it's 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 exactly like people are playing really in the pocket the musicianship is amazing it also it kind of sucks but in a way that's really really great like so uh i've been all about this album for a few years now uh, we went to record an NSP album. I think it's one we were doing Under the Covers 3 uh, with Twerp. And half of Twerp loves this album and half of them hates it. Wait, okay, what's the split? So I, yes, okay. So uh, Dr. Sung and Hav Hogan hate it. And Meowch loves it. Not sure about Phobos. I think Phobos loves it. Phobos has to love it. Uh, so maybe maybe it wasn't half and half, but certainly half of Twerp hates it. It Meowch loves it, which is why he's producing my upcoming smooth jazz <laughs> album. It a hundred thousand percent scans that Meowch is into that. <laughs> yes, I think everybody should be into it. Anyway, yeah, no, I really pick? enjoyed it. We didn't get to keep the bit in uh, while we were listening to it, but I believe I was bopping my head, and then I said, "This doesn't sound like it's influenced your music at all, Brian." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so great. All right, that's what that's uh, that's the thing I'm really into right now. I like that. All right, peaches and lemons. Oh, yeah. That segment that we do. A segment we do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a theme song, and I'm going to put it in right here. Whoa. That was an excellent theme song, Brian. Thank you very much. I worked very hard on it. (laughs) All right. So my lemon is the we live on a residential street, and it's pretty near a school. And every day when I'm driving Audrey to school, people fucking barrel down the street Every morning they cut the, you know, the thing when people are turning, like they're, they're turning and they don't turn fully into the other lane. They kind of cut the corner a little bit and they, they uh, cut into the lane that's closer to the corner. Yep. It, people do this all the time. These are people, I think they're racing to school to get their kids in there. And there are, A, I, I saw someone pull up in a fucking charger with a baby seat in it, which was pretty, just don't do that. That's a bad look. Um, 
But uh, yeah, people barrel down the street all the time every morning. I know drive slower, very old man advice, but kids literally walking all over the streets here. And it, I'm surprised that people haven't gotten seriously hurt. It, it it upsets me because you know, I'm ta- I'm trying to take my own kid to school. Yeah, and you know, we, I, I, every time I I, I drive past uh, past our street, there are just people bracing all over. It really pisses me off. The ubiquitousness of how insane carpool lines for schools are. Oh my God. I, I was a nanny in high school, and in, like the girl went to this like very nice private school. Even there, it was me. 16 in my beat up Volvo just listening to Neutral Milk Hotel being like guys these moms have energy I cannot handle right now oh you should have seen the preschool so Audrey went to to preschool nearby uh, here in LA and uh, there were there were like people the parking lot was accessible only through an alley and there were people that were doing a full like 50 miles an hour through this alley and literally two year olds are walking out of this preschool all the time and people are barreling down this alley I uh, I'm from New Jersey. People in New Jersey drive aggressively. Yes. But I have never lived anywhere where people have been worse drivers than L.A. More people here run red lights than anywhere I've ever lived in my entire life. To the extent where now if I'm driving, if I'm even if I have a green light and I'm crossing an intersection, I will look both ways because people fucking crush through it all the time. And there's, it's so stupid. There's a level of like stupidity to LA driving that really puts it a step above the rest like in New Jersey or New York the bad driving is very intentional it's just like aggressive it's like I'm doing this this is exactly what I'm doing I don't give a fuck LA is like you just are an idiot (laughs) yes you just yeah we need to have um a swear jar for this podcast but for every time that we talk about LA traffic yeah (laughs) we have to put five dollars yeah I think that's a good idea all right peaches uh, this this is one of my favorite things Audrey said in a while. As I said last episode or before that, these are always kind of going to be about Audrey because she's the best. But the other day, yesterday, in fact, I dropped her off at school. And we usually get there about 10 minutes before, 15 minutes or so before the bell rings. And they have a playground because uh, they have a kindergarten. And uh, she immediately, she hands me her, her backpack and just runs to the playground. And her favorite thing is this spinny thing. It's like a uh, basically a, a tilted plate with some bars on it that you can hold onto the bars and just spin around, spin, 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 spin. Sounds terribly dangerous and, and probably the most fun thing. It's, she just spends 10 minutes on it. If, if there was no one else waiting, she would just be out in there the whole time. And I took her backpack over to the classroom and then watched her uh, watched her spin on this thing. And as she was spinning, I walked up to it and I was like, how's it going on? Are you having a good time? And she flung one of her arms out and while spinning around went this is the spirit of life (laughs) and it was so i was just like what so cute and funny and just said with you know that total joy that only little kids have yeah it was the best uh let's see other uh other peaches i yesterday i as i mentioned before i'm working on this smooth jazz kind of yacht rock album i wrote a track that i'm really really happy with uh, and it's been, I've kind of been having some struggles to write music I like recently. So it was nice to get a, a track in the books that I felt good about. And, uh, the other thing, this is, it, really, it's going to sound like an advertisement, but it's not, uh, <laughs> Rachel is playing the Velveteen, the Velveteen Rabbit in a production of the Velveteen Rabbit. And yesterday she showed me what she looks like in her gigantic bunny costume oh my God. in a scene where she's basically in a sack waiting to get thrown out. 
and it was one of the cutest things uh, I've ever seen. I don't know you if you've seen uh, pictures or videos of my wife. She is both a very beautiful woman and also extremely cute. And this, like, putting a cute person in a bunny suit. Oh, this really amps it up. Yeah, it really amps it up. So uh, I, I need to buy a ticket. I really want to go see her. It's, it's 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 really she she has the 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 play is with this local uh, local organization called Nine O'clock Players. It's an all women's organization that's been putting on nonprofit theater productions. Uh, they bring school groups in all the time. Like they're not doing this for the money. Uh, everyone, I think, with the exception of the music director and the uh, one of the crew guys, is female. And it's like it's a hundred year old thing that was started during World War One or just after and has kept going wow. for the present day. The play starts in a few weeks, so if you want to find out about it, uh, nine o'clock players, Velveteen Rabbit. Is it weird if I bring your wife flowers? No, she would love it. And she'll have to accept them in character in her bunny suit. Hell yeah, she's not allowed to listen to this now. Um, she won't listen anyway. <laughs> Trust me. Were those? Did you do three? You did three. You I did think three. I did three. Yeah. Okay. My lemon is that I overslept and not. 10 hours after last night being like i don't have to worry about getting street sweeping tickets anymore i'm so on top of this i always leave before 10 it's fine well oh Layton, the hubris reader <laughs> yeah the hubris will be my own downfall um overslept you know you have that like hectic like what have i done um and i didn't even realize until i got out to my car that i had even gotten the ticket it was just like great Thank you, city of Los Angeles. I love it. The street looks so much cleaner now that you've sweeped it. Like, what the fuck was street cleaning? It always looks like shit, even after they clean it. So they just want my $75. So that's always an exciting and great way to wake up. My three peaches are, my first one is that I went to a chiropractor for the first time yesterday. Found out that I have a little bit of scoliosis, Okay. which is probably a lemon, but uh, it's nice to like, be like, oh, okay, so this is what's going on and this is how we fix it. And, you know, it's nice to get your fucking whole body crunched up. Feels great. I have many opinions about chiropractic medicine, oh, which I shit. am happy to share. Please. Uh, I, I, let, I let You know what? I feel like that's better for another podcast. Really? I oh, yes. I, I, have a, I have a long thing about this. Oh, boy. But okay. I want you to continue with your... Now I'm self-conscious about my chiropractic No, no, no. Let, let, me, let me just say... Some chiropractors are really great, wonderful doctors who are doing a lot of good for people. Mm-hmm. Others, not so much. Yes. Okay. I, 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 I'm I definitely with you on that. This, this guy seemed cool. Um, he took some x-rays of my bones, which I think are pretty badass, and I'm going to ha- hassle him for copies of, because it's like, well, paid for those x-rays. You better give me what my bones look like. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's humbling. Just a reminder. You got a skeleton in there at all times. That's right. We all do. Your bones are always wet, and if they're ever not wet, <laughs> it's a problem. Your bones are always wet. <laughs> Um, second peach is I really like the work I'm doing on a secret thing right now. Mm. I'm really pleased with how it's coming along. And it's really nice when you make the thing that is exactly how it is in your head. It's very exciting. That's very hard to do. Yeah. And after, you know, kind of chugging on stuff for a long time, it's nice to be like, hey, I did that. Totally. That's that's what happened to me with the music thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sound I wanted. Yeah. Third peach. Is it TV glitter? Goddamn right it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, TV glitter. That's it. I'm going to listen to that on the drive home. All right. All right. Uh, I think that's it 
for us this week, right? Yeah, I think somebody commented that we should shut the fuck up after the peaches and lemons yeah. and then so just end it there. We're going to do that right now. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and we will be back next week, probably with a cool guest. Yeah. So cool. Tune in, tune in next time. We love you. Uh, if you're driving, drive safe. If you're not driving, don't drive safe. Yeah. Boom. Bye. <laughs> Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht and Leighton Gray. Our next live show is at the Lodge Room in Los Angeles on March 23rd. You can buy tickets at LeightonKnight.com, www.L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-N-I-G-H-T.com. I do know how to spell my own name. Please follow us on Twitter, at LeightonKnight, on Instagram, at Leighton underscore Knight, and you can email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>